0: Hello and welcome to the Gray Area, where I give interviews with developers, talk about gaming news and reviews, and focus on the interrelationships between gamers. My name is Genesee Gray, and this is the sixty-first episode in a weekly series called Meet Miss Harvey. Here with me? <laughs> yes. Here with me is Stephanie Harvey Harvey from Ubisoft. Welcome. Hello. Hello. I'm so excited to talk to you. last week's episode was a discussion with kevin and andrew from the super number one podcast about women in gaming and whether they can be forthcoming and successful at the same time so please visit www.genesee.com to add to the forum discussion on that topic and to tell me your story today is thursday april 12th and we're going to discuss some gaming news talk about our week and learn more about miss harvey her gaming the world cup and game design so let's start with news of the week I think everyone knows that this summer Bioware is going to release their expanded ending to Mass Effect 3. We will get more information about our favorite characters, and they're vague on some of the details of that, but that's okay, because next week I'm going to be speaking with the Retake Mass Effect movement to find out some more on that. But uh, I'm very excited for the expanded DLC. Are you excited? Do you play Mass Effect?
1: Yeah, I finished it. You did? Oh, Uh... (laughs) good. <laughs> I, I don't know. It's not really the ending. It's the complete game that's kind of uh for me, so I know. I'm sad. There's got to be too. more. I wanted to date James. This is unfair. I know what is <laughs> up with that. He was the nicest James Vega is, so he I know, was really fun. so funny and like uh you developed like a really nice flirty relationship with him and then they just tell you you can't date him it's like ruin my life Bioware he does back out like a big wimp right I at the time know. he has a choice right when we are like damn this is where I'm gonna get him finally I want to... oh my god <laughs>
0: yeah. I felt the same way so that's good I'm not alone in that okay. maybe the DLC will have like if they do future episodes ah, you might get that I option.
1: would pay a hundred dollars to date him <laughs> I wanna see no, some more seriously. curls more curls there's no kidding yeah yeah
0: that's funny he is kind of the Jar Jar of Mass Effect 3 because some people really love him and it's mostly the ladies I have to say and then some people are like oh James Vega he's so annoying so there's a a split on that
1: yeah yeah. (laughs) but there's not one hot girl that you cannot date and then the only like oh I'm doing like Physical things guy, and you look at him, and he's like, Are you enjoying this, Shepard? I'm like, Yes, I am. Lola, please call me Lola any day. Yeah, what the (laughs) hell? I don't understand how it happened, how they let that one go. Oh, well,
0: that's funny. Well, maybe you can tell us a little more about this one. Ubisoft is working on a social game with Studio Loot Drop. It's a developing Facebook and mobile game based on the popular Tom Clancy's Ghost Recon tactical series. And Ghost Recon Commander is set to be a turn-based combat game, and John Romero from the studio explained that the gameplay is an innovative des- design that's turn-based and can feel real-time if you want to play it that way. So this is their first social gaming take on the series. And uh, it's an open beta that's going to happen next month. I don't know if you've heard anything about that at Ubisoft, but there's talk. What do you think about that? Do you know anything about that?
1: Um, everything that's made in the external studio is kind of even more secret. Uh, okay. So I've heard nothing about it. I was as surprised as everyone else. Um, because I'm not on the Ghost Recon brand, obviously.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um,
1: I'm really excited. There's a lot of promises about that. I heard Brenda Bradway talk about it. Like it's not going to be your Zynga type of game. Okay. You want your friends, blah blah blah. So I'm, I'm excited about it. I, I can't wait. I'm, I want the social games to get out of their bubble. Get out of their Zynga is making money. Let's, let's do right. the same. You know. Right. <clears throat> so I'm excited. I can't wait. It.
0: I think it's kind of the first of that genre that I've seen. I mean, we have. We have things like mafia wars and stuff, but this is this is a whole new experience, I would think. And I kind of feel like that's the way the uh, design world is going. Social gaming are, are really where it's at. I wondered where you see the industry grow- going in the next few years. If you see it going more social games or as a as a game designer, how do you see how do you see games evolving
1: in the next um, few years? Well I've been involved in esports and communities for like ten years and right now it's booming. Hmm. And it feels like, for me, if you want esports to go mainstream, to go, like, spectators, to go, like, wherever sports are now and where gaming should be at, <clears throat> like, in Asia, I think this is where we need to be. So, yes, social gaming is a part of that equation, but it's not the only the only uh, answer. I, I think there, there's, like, other opportunities available for us, and I don't think any industry, any company grabbed... The market for it, yeah. It's still everyone is still experiencing, and I have my own share of what it needs, where it needs to go. But Mm -hmm. of course, I'm working in a big company, and it's not always easy to to push your ideas. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, I think I think it social isn't the answer. It's the actual answer. Yes, like at the moment, right now, yes. Instagram just proved it. Mm -hmm. But uh, it's not the. The future answer. I don't think so.
0: Okay, that's interesting. We can explore that a little bit. I wish there was a way to see more esports. For me, it's almost like the X Games is more popular than that. I mean, it's you can't see it on TV very easily. You almost have to watch it on YouTube or have a particular channel that's streaming. And it was really neat to look through some of your videos um, with Ubi United. Um, is that how I say it? Ubi United or Ubi yeah, United? Yeah. Cool. Okay. And uh, and see some of the tournaments because. You just don't get a chance to see that as like an average gamer unless you know where to look. It's kind of secret.
1: Yeah, it is. It is really niche. It's getting more mainstream, but like five years ago, it was unknown. You know, you yeah. had to know where to look all the time. Yeah, it's getting more um, open to the public. I am personally the number one fan of what I'm actually living in esports, so of course I want to promote it. I want to. I want it to grow. There's a lot of companies that are doing efforts like Riot if you if there is a uni esports event promoting LoL right now they just when you load the game they have their their streaming right on the start and, Oh really? You know, that, that's where you have to push it. That's how you want it to become bigger, easier to access. Twitch TV is doing that a lot where
0: mm-hmm.
1: you just get on the on the on the website, check the games you want to check and then the more popular pop up, you know. And that's I think that's step one. Uh, for some reason, it's really unknown. Companies do not know how to push it ahead. It's too new. It's too niche. And uh, I think one day some will get it.
0: Okay. Well, something to keep in mind, companies out there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. All right. A couple more news things. A few weeks ago, uh, I was speaking about Draw Something, which is an app game that I really love, and how Zynga was purchasing it. And that deal turned out to be an important one for Zynga because it has actually increased the company's mobile traffic by 25%. Uh, but there was wow. a little bit of bitter blood a couple weeks ago with Shea Pierce, who is the only OMG Pop employee who declined a position with Zynga, and it ended up starting kind of a flame war between uh, him and uh, Chief Executive Officer Dan Porter. Pierce had written an editorial for Sutra, and he explained that if he were to accept position with his Inga creator, he would be obligated to stay away from the rights of the iOS game he authored in his spare time. And he refused to do that saying, quote, I have a job, but I can't sleep soundly at night that knowing that I'm not working for any employer with whom I strongly disagree. So basically he was saying like his, his conscience was worth more than actually having a job. And he, he couldn't, he could not see himself doing that. And then, uh, Dan Porter got a little bit upset by that and ended up writing some Twitter messages which made him look kind of bad saying things like good riddance and other things back and forth so it was a little bit of a a PR nightmare for the OMG Pop company for the last few weeks Um, but it looks like things have been resolved uh, recently something in the news that was kind of of interest alright, so let's get to you Stephanie? What is your news (laughs) of the week? What's going on with you?
1: Uh, Well, of course, the Instagram, I Mm. guess. But it's not really gaming-related. But (laughs) Do you use Instagram a lot? I'm an Android user, so I just started using it, like, three days ago. I didn't even know it was out. when people were like, Oh, Instagram just got bought. I'm like, I'm waiting for it to be on Android. And then everybody replied, well, it's been out since my days. You're like so late. I'm like, okay. <laughs> Ooh, five days. Yeah. So I downloaded it right away and then I tried out and uh, I read a lot about it. Um, that's my weak news, I guess, because I'm trying to understand why would the company pay for a billion dollars for it. And it's really interesting some people say it's the users that were bought. Some other people are saying it's the coolness that Facebook bought that it's missing out. Some people, like a bunch of of uh, stories where it came out from that. Mm-hmm. And um, I think it's really interesting. It just proves where, where the future is going at, kind of, where innovation is good, where innovation pays, where people taking risks pays. And I'm really interested in that. Hmm.
0: I see. I use Instagram quite a bit for Twitter, uh, to link photos on there and, and I'm not really surprised it's kind of matriculated over to Facebook. But it's it's neat to see that I guess a lot of people just want to make statuses directly from their phones and mobile devices and that makes sense to me that you would you need that interface to, to do it a little a little more Creatively, I like the the old romantic, you know, backgrounds (laughs) where they look like the old Polaroids. And you can do filters, and you know, it's kind of it's kind of classic. I like it.
1: I read an article saying it makes you feel like, and then insert any amazing photographer here, kind of application. You know, and it creates a dream. It creates everybody wants to share stuff that they wouldn't share because their picture was too ugly. You just put a filter and then boom, it's like magic, you know. That's right. So, and it's true. Like I take tons of pictures of my phone and I never share them because they're ugly, you know. And then I just added.
0: <laughs> oh, but in sepia, they're beautiful.
1: Yeah, that no, hamburger like, oh is my just God. art. Hey, <laughs> <laughs> what up? Oh <laughs> yeah. I mean. Yeah, I think I think for that it was probably worth almost half of the mil- the billion they li- paid for, and then the other half is the rest.
0: Mm-hmm. Hmm. Interesting. Let's see. My news of the week. Uh, I've gotten to the Guild Wars 2 stress test this weekend, and I'm looking forward to playing that. Uh, I've been waiting this whole time. Like, please let me in the beta. <laughs> So, now I'll get a chance. And playing a lot of the Mass Effect 3 DLC, which just came out on the 10th, there's new maps and characters, and everybody's playing gold now, trying to, like, store up money so they can buy their veteran inspector packs and get the extra characters, so that's kind of my goal lately. I've been playing a lot of that. (laughs) Yes.
1: Yeah, a lot of my friends are into the Mass Effect 3 multiplayer. I've been having trouble getting into it. Really? Just uh... Origin, or...? i don't, i'm playing on xbox and i don't know i've been it's i think it's because of the single player that i'm totally not into the multiplayer but uh, like again a lot all my friends are like oh this is so good i've been playing for a month so i can't really bash it because everybody's liking it
0: <laughs>
1: but uh, i'm i'm having difficulties it's not so it's right now i need to play it again i guess and Okay. And see if I was BAs because I couldn't date James, you know. I don't
0: yeah, know. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think you get a little bit of justification because now you can be a guest or an Asari, just a car. So it makes up a little uh, bit for the fact that you can't have James.
1: Okay. There's <laughs> a bone there. The right.
0: <laughs> <laughs> For me, it's like my gateway drug into first-person shooters, because I don't play a whole lot of that genre, but now I've got, like, the third person, and I'm shooting something, but I'm not paying attention to that because it's Mass Effect. So yeah. i kind of, I kind of baby-stepping.
1: Yeah. <laughs> <You know. laughs> there we go.
0: All right, so let's talk about you and gaming. Okay. Uh, what are some of your favorite games besides the obvious, Counter-Strike?
1: Uh, obviously... Mass Effect 2 was my favorite game of all time. Really, but it changed. I don't know. It, I kind of, it kind of killed it for me. Mass Effect 3, it really did. I'm really negative about the game now. I don't okay. know. Can you hear me? I uh, yeah, I'm good. Okay, I have, yeah. sorry, I pressed on the on a button. So <laughs> I, I'm really negative about it now. Not negative. I'm mm, bummed out. I don't know. I'm emo about the game.
0: Okay. Um, just because of the ending? or the If you chop the ending, let's say you never went to Earth, to London. Anything before London, did you like the game then, or was it just no, the game itself? I,
1: it happened... You know that Jane thing? It kind of killed my immersion. Like, you know, I was playing Mass Effect not because of the gameplay, obviously. I was playing it because of every kind of relationship I could develop in the game Mm -hmm. and the freedom I had to do whatever I wanted to talk to whoever I wanted to build up my relationship with whatever I was only doing the maps to kind of go back to my ship and, Oh, I need to talk to you, talk to you. And they kind of removed all of that in Mass Effect 3. There was no like building up someone to like you, you know, like in Ah. real life. And it, it kind of asked me to get out of the character and just play a game While before, I was really playing me as Command and Shepard, you know? Uh And because during game one and game two, I was playing me. Game three, I was playing a game really out of it. Like, it it was a different experience. And after, like, ten hours, I was feeling the disconnection between my character and myself. Mm -hmm. And it kind of ruined, like, everything. I just got out of it. I had to date. To date fucking I don't know What was his name. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know anyway. well, it. I had to date people. I, I didn't want to date Caden, Oh, he so was no. like, "I no. had to date him because it was the only guy I could date." You know, and stuff like that. You know, it was really, oh, I, it's the only choice I have, so I'm gonna take it. And before it was more like, oh, "Which choice should I get?" Because I have won them all. You know, it kind of really switched, but I still enjoy the. Um, the, the, the setting. The setting is still amazing. Other than that, which game am I playing? Uh, I'm a really... Um, you know, in esports, we're really awkward nerds. And I'm like, these guys call me a geek. So it's like, I'm a real crazy geek. <laughs> <laughs> I play everything that That's comes out. a term out. of endearment. Yeah, I, I just embraced it. <laughs> so, uh, so I play everything that comes out. So... Anything that will come out that's somewhat interesting, especially because of my job, I think. It's really important for me to see the good and the bad and everything. Mm-hmm. So I try everything. Because even though some games sucks, it's not the whole development team that that is the problem. You know, it's it's most of the time people at top. So people at the bottom still yeah. succeed to create some cool stuff into games. So I tried everything and I tried to, to see what's good. And it kind of changed the way I played too. There's like you have to pick your battles when you make a game, I guess, because nothing can ever be perfect in any mm-hmm. companies. So I try to see the the mistakes or the battles I would have picked if I was these companies, you know.
0: I was wondering about that, if, and I do ask this question to other game designers I know, if it ruins the experience for you of playing a game when you are actually a designer, because all you can see is, you know, well, this frame should have been that way, or all the technical aspects, and you can't just sit back and just play and enjoy it. Do you find that so, or or can you just yes. turn that part
1: off? I, I could. I did it in uh, one game, uh, the Idos Montreal game. I have a really bad memory. <laughs> That's I agree. I'm the same um, way. the the, the latest IDS Montreal game. I'm so ashamed I can't even name it. Um, See, this is why we edit. Just take a moment, look it up. <laughs> Hold <laughs> on, I think someone <laughs> missed me the name. Do oh, sex, yay! Thank you. Oh DSX Yay! Human Revolution. Okay, so this game was uh, I I shut off because it was overall. Every mechanic was average. Like, everything was average. I think everything was just, this is good, normal. It's not astounding. This is good, normal. But when you added up every single thing together, Mm -hmm. it made the game, for me, wow. I was like, "Mm, this is about to to destroy Mass Effect 2 right right here. Mm. Right here. And then there were some elements that made it. A really good game, but not the best one I've ever played. But if you looked at every single mechanic, you could tell, okay, I would have changed this here. Okay, I would have changed it. But ah. overall, as a whole, it was crazy good. So yes, it does affect my perception. But some games still succeed to to drag me out of it. And I think for Sex did it, even though I didn't think it was a perfect game mm-hmm. at all. Like, if I analyze... This is exactly what IGN does, like, graphics. I would have done, like... <laughs> you will rate
0: it on a star, yeah. 1 to 5.
1: Everything would have been, like, 6 out of 10. 6 okay. out of 10. Overall, as a game, 10 out of 10. And you're like, you rated everything 6. How can that be a 10? I'm like, I don't know. It Just, overall, the game is a 10. I really love that game, too.
0: I find it extremely immersive. Even though... Um, And now I'm gonna, it's been a couple months since I've played. The main character doesn't really have a personality. He's kind of vanilla, like, he's just dry. But I really liked that game a lot, and I could play that game over and over for a really long time. That's the sort of game where you play because you want achievements or you just wanna play it three and four times. I really love that game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Agreed. All right, so. I understand that you started playing the NES very young, and I've heard stories about Mario 3. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Tell me about your childhood gaming. Was it like a a family experience, or how did you end up uh, just keeping to keep on playing, I
1: guess? This is really sad. I played games, and I got a console when I was like two because (laughs) my dad wanted to watch TV and be alone. So he said, play this game? (laughs) He's like... (laughs) Because I was a really needy person. I needed to play with people. I needed to, like, play board games. I wanted to play Monopoly. I wanted mm-hmm. to go out in the pool with my dad. You know, <laughs> I was really needy. And my dad was like, I can't end this anymore. I need to watch my golf five hours. And he's like, here, Mario Kart, go have fun. <laughs> and then eventually I was like, awesome, interactivity, Woo!" And then it just started like that. So it was, was kind of like, my da- my awesome dad, he's awesome, but then he can't be like 24 hours a day awesome, and he was like, Stephanie, yeah. I need a break, and, and that's how we, that it started.
0: Okay. Well, it's a good coordination skill. It would teach you to be...
1: Yeah, and I'm a lonely child, so it was... Uh-huh. They needed a break, you know? Yeah, true.
0: And you could drive at four, I mean, really.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, right now we it's off, you know? That's my that's life. So. Nice.
0: Your Twitter page says that you are a dragon lover And this intrigues oh. me Because I grew up with Anne McCaffrey And I started reading the whole Dragon Riders of Pern series really young And I have a lot of books involving dragons So I'm curious, what, what does this mean that you're a dragon lover?
1: I don't know, I, like it's been three years, I think I'm really into dragons I want to make a dragon game I want to play mm-hmm. dragon games And I was really sad about Skyrim Because it, there's not enough dragons in it <laughs> <laughs> and like I, I need dragons. I just, I just love dragons. I don't know when I watched um How to Train Your Dragons, it was mm-hmm. like heaven. I'm like, oh, the a dragon, <laughs> and then and then I wanted to touch the dragon, and I don't know. I went crazy about it. I really love it. I think they're, I, I'm not into like the Chinese one. You know the, mm-hmm. I'm really into the Games of Thrones one, kind of. You know, like okay,
0: like the you- European medieval version.
1: Kind of, kind of, like, and also a mix between being your best friend and, like, tame it. I don't know. I kind of like check it. (laughs) That's really cool. (laughs) I love it.
0: (laughs) All right. Before we get too far, we should talk about your uh, competitive side, your Counter-Strike gaming, and explain a little bit about what that is for the listeners who don't know. So, I've looked up Ubi United and you can also expound on that. Uh, it was helpful to me because I hadn't heard of it before, not really being into the esports or finding that stuff. So, uh, it was neat to find out that you guys had been together for more than six years and that you have such an extensive tournament resume. So, uh, really neat. Uh, what is the Arbalet Female Cup? What is that, the difference between that and the World
1: Cup? Basically, um, the Arbalet was a tournament created by a billionaire in, in um, South Arabia or something like that. I don't remember where he's from. Okay. But he's also um, sponsoring this team in Ukraine. And he kind of decided that Counter-Strike in oh, 2010, he decided that Counter-Strike was his new thing. And he wanted to, to pay for a weekend to watch people play kind of like for him it was kind of pocket change you know <laughs> okay so he made this tournament and invited every single um team in the world to and paid for flights and i want to watch you play you know so he did that for males and females so we went there and it was basically every single good team in the world were there because he paid for it so uh it was a really challenging tournament also because we were not ready we got there and we were like oh this is gonna be easy we we, we didn't practice and then we ended up going and like triple overtime on best of three maps on the turn maps it was for us it was kind of a nightmare even though we won it we ended that tournament being like oh relieved like it was it was the hardest thing we've ever done you know yeah yeah compared to like any world cup it was really hard
0: Hmm. interesting uh it was saying on your website that ubi united is the best female gaming team in the world so you must
1: be super proud of that that's an amazing (laughs) accomplishment yeah, well, there's a lot of reasons why I think because we're probably the long team that has been together for so long because we've proved it with championship because we've been working our ass off. Like, this has not been giving us because we have boobs, you know? We work <laughs> 30, 40, 70 hours a week for like, I've been playing this game since 03 and I've been playing. So much of counter Strike, and again, this has not given been giving us to us because because of looks or because we wear short skirts like other teams in other countries, you know. And even in other games, it's really different. We were there because we worked really hard, and uh, and I guess because of our titles now, we can say that. <clears throat> but it doesn't make us the unbeatable monster, you know. We're mm-hmm. still vulnerable, and we're still working hard to be where we are. How many
0: people average on the team in any given time?
1: We're uh, five. Okay. And uh, right now we have a six because we're having difficulties in the league to have everyone on all the time because we're growing up. And, uh, right. Yeah, Do sub in and out then. Uh, yeah, so we have okay. a, a girl helping us out, and she, was, she actually won one of the World Cup with us. So we're like six girls, but all of us won the World Cup at any at any year.
0: Nice. I was really pumped up watching you guys play. And, and (laughs) of course, winning was excellent. It was a real inspiration. (laughs) I did think it was interesting when I was watching the uh, 2011 Electronic Sports World Cup win that there was a, a staff member who was really begrudging in his praise. Like, after you guys won, just kind of saying things like, well, I guess you're the best female team and stuff like that. Is that typical uh, sort of response? I, I kind of expected people to be—I don't know—guys and girls to be a little more congratulatory, but I guess I'm wondering if it's a guy, a guy kind of thing. Well,
1: there's two things. First, um, yes, it's it's a problem. Why is there a female world cup? Blah blah blah. You know all that bullshit. And um, for me, it's there are tons of reasons why it should exist. But it doesn't mean that we shouldn't play with guys. That's two different things, and it shouldn't mean that we should be giving opportunities because we have we are females. That's really two different things. And second, uh, because we have been winning for so long, it's kind of sad or like discouraging for the other girls. Uh, and at that World Cup in oh in uh, two thousand and eleven, we were playing versus the f- the French team in France,
0: so in front the of their home champions.
1: So they were, like, trying okay. to be not, like, oh... And we destroyed them. It wasn't even a fair fight. It was, like, 62-64, you know, in the final score. So it, it wasn't, like, oh, this was close. Congratulations. It was kind of, okay. e we are kind of ashamed, you know. <laughs> we can't really congratulate you because it sucks that our team got destroyed. It was really a weird feeling.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So, um, so, yeah, so... Th- there are, yes, it's always going to be like that. There's a female contest right now, the Maxim Gamer Girl. Don't even thing. get me started. Well, yeah, but at the same time, it will happen, you know, and you got to live with it. And some of those girls actually are good A gamers. lot of those
0: girls are amazing gamers. I just, I, I have,
1: it's just, it's I have just, personal
0: just, opinions about that
1: contest. <laughs> yeah, well, it's been around for a while. Like, I remember in 07, you know... I'm just going to say, you know this girl? She's called Leet Lauren.
0: Mm, I'd have to see her face. I don't recognize
1: the name. She's, but... uh, she's Cliffy B's fiance.
0: Okay.
1: Yeah, okay. So, you know how she met, um, she met him? She was actually a Miss Video Game Contest winner, which was like the same thing as the Maxim Contest. Mm-hmm. He started there, and then they started a thing, you know? So she made her success towards that contest. And I think there's a place for that, whatever. And like I said to one of my teammates, because she was really angry, like this contest is degrading for female gamers. We've been battling since 01 to, to show that female gamers can game and it's not about female gamers, it's about gamers and that's it. So I was telling her, well, good for them if they feel comfortable with this and it doesn't affect their values. Mm-hmm whatever like there are models there are people that use that for the success i will never use my sexuality for success and that makes me proud of it and if as long as i am proud and i am good in that thing well whatever they can do whatever they want as long as i still succeed if i would be like in my my living room grudging about it and not doing anything about it then well it's just sad you know but we you you do your podcast we try to get success without having cleavage without (laughs) showing underwears well i'm really proud of girls like us that's it awesome and i don't i'm not not proud of girls like them it's their choices right and whatevs, you know
0: i think some people just want it so bad they'll do what they have to do and i understand that too but well anyway we won't go there (laughs)
1: <laughs> no but i don't i understand your feelings it's just it's there in any industries it's just really new in ours because female gamers have. we're not gonna lie it has been not as huge as male gamers mm-hmm. so it's tiny new you know but in all industries it's been like that forever for us because right now geek is hot you know like nerd. <laughs> that's right that right now it's like booming but uh like, eventually it's just going to even out and these girls are going to have to prove something else just in looks, you know.
0: Right, right. Well, it's good to have it all if they do. But hopefully to. they have some talent as well. <laughs> <laughs> all yeah. right. So question. You practice Counter-Strike all the time. And I d- should ask and actually define that because some people don't play. So, Counter-Strike, tactical first-person shooter video game by Valve, um, originated from a Half-Life modification. And there are several different versions of uh, Counter-Strike. What do you play? Is it called Source? How does that work with...
1: I play okay. So right now there's three Counter Strike games. Well, okay. there was more, but officially right now there's only three. There's the 1.6 version, which is the Half Life One version, so it's using okay. it's using the old engine. There's a source version, which is using the uh, Half Life Two engine, mm-hmm. and there's the CS:GO version, which is a Counter Strike Global Offensive. That one isn't out yet, but you can play as beta. So there's three different games, aiming three different public. And uh, with different gameplay and uh, different rules, ah. which makes it really hard for the community to, to unite because there's like fans of all of them. I see. I'm a fan of the first one, the one that really created what Counter-Strike kind of is today. Okay. And uh, I think a lot of people are. I don't think anyone that has played the first one likes the others. <laughs> I see. So, I, I Unless they are really bad at the first one. And then they're like, uh-huh. oh, the second one is so easy, you know. Because it removed all of the skills required oh. to be an interesting game for us that played okay. the first one for the do skills. So the tournaments,
0: are they all, do they all have their own tournaments, all three? Or is it just mainly for yeah. the first?
1: <laughs> There's tournaments for all of them, but mainly the first one still today is like, in Europe, it's still the big game. Okay. In America, not anymore, because there was a lot of um, sponsors towards the Source one. Uh, and right now, like because Valve is doing so much publicity versus the CSGO one, people are kind of wanting to shift. I'm wanting to, to go forward with this one, because I think our community is dying,
0: hmm.
1: and we need to renew it, just like StarCraft 2 was. It, it was kind of dead. It was WarCraft th- 3, and then, boom, StarCraft 2 came out, and then... It was amazing and blah, blah, But I don't (laughs) think Valve as a company knows where to lead Counter-Strike to be a successful eSports game. Because if they knew Source wouldn't be what it is today, it would be the only Counter-Strike game. And we would have gotten rid of 1.6. Because they don't know how to make eSports game, we still have 1.6. We still have Source. And now we have a third game. That is not... Right now, creating a united community, you know.
0: Um, I'm really surprised that that they don't uh, push that more because it's a great way for an older game to have longevity. You know, I mean, a lot of these things like Warcraft 3, I mean, people don't really single-player Warcraft 3 much anymore. The only way they really exist is through tournaments, and I'm surprised that the companies don't back them further and and try to make that more publicized so that their games can have that kind of longevity.
1: Um, I don't think Valve understands Counter-Strike's success. Mm. Like, why it was successful. And why, even though it's a 99 game, it still is successful today. And if sponsors, and if money, and if spectators were still there, people would still be playing that game. I don't think they understand that. And they're just trying. Because what happened with Source came out, it didn't split the communities. It created a new one. So for them, they're thinking Source is still as, a val- as valid of a game as what 1.6 was. Okay. Source isn't a competitive game at all, you know? So it, it's not to the level where it can compete with, it, with StarCraft 2. Like, there's no mm. way. <laughs> so when they, they go with Source, they're trying to please both communities, and it's just trying to and a new one, the new one that wants good graphics, that wants... And it's just creating a melting pot of people that doesn't really belong together, kind of. Like, S- StarCraft 2 isn't trying to please everyone. It's trying to make a really competitive game that people can watch and understand. You know? mm-hmm. And that's really their message. And that's not what CS is trying to do. <clears throat> and yeah, that's why I think Valve is really having issues shipping uh, eSports game. And I'm really worried about CSGO. But I really want it to work because it's, my, it's been my life for 10 years.
0: Right, right. But
1: uh, I don't know where it's going to go.
0: Well, the chat room is asking uh, what are the rules for CS because they thought that you just shot people in the face. <laughs>
1: um, okay, well, CS has a lot of uh, rules and management that is not necessarily known to the people that just play like for fun. <clears throat> so you have cont- like the official comp- competition rules because there's a lot of CS mods that are actually fun and are totally different. So the official mods are the f- official rules are you have a team of CT and a team of T, so terrorists and counter terrorists, and they have mm-hmm. to plant the bomb or defuse it, okay. and that's mainly uh, everyone's job. So the terrorists they have to take a, a bomb site and try to plant the bomb. And the content tourists, they have to make sure they don't do that. So that's the ma- major rules. But there are also all, all sorts of really <clears throat> small rules like money management, uh, team management, and all that kind of stuff that's really important in that game. And Source was going towards a way where it removed a bunch of that. And CSGO is even, go, is, is even more going towards that path. <clears throat> so they have... They add some, like for example, you can buy a defuse kit which costs money. So you have to manage, should I buy this or that? And if you buy a defuse kit, you diffuse the bomb quicker. Well, for example, in CSGO, they had this thing where the defuse kit was given randomly to any of the player. So you didn't have to buy it. So they I removed see. the money management. They removed the fact that, okay, so... Okay, Steph, you bought a Diffuse Kit because you're going towards A, you know, towards the right, and you're going towards the left, so we need at least one Diffuse Kit over there, you know. So they remove all these little systems. The tactical, that makes sense. Yeah, tactical stuff that made the game so unique because all the games now are, like, just... You spawn, you have a loadout, and you go, you go kill people. <clears throat> so CS was actually really tactical, really team-based, and they remove all of that. But now they're, tr- like, they try... Tried- to re- to go back to that so um, I know for the competitive mod that you can now buy back a few kit. so they understood because gamers were like what the hell you can't do that I see, but it's a, I see it's a bunch of stuff like that like in Source you don't have to buy bullets in CS 1.6 you have to buy bullets and, and like newbie will buy full bullets every single round and then Some like advanced player will buy. Okay, I only need one clip of this. I need two clips of that because of my position. Because of this and that, and you know, it's that's what makes CS so unique. And they're slowly removing here and there. And yeah,
0: the more experience you get, the more you know exactly what to do, and that's going to affect your end game because you're you're stretching. Okay, all right. Um, being in a group of girls five or six at a time, especially um, competitive girls. How does that work? Is there a natural leader to the team or do you guys butt heads? How do you figure out who makes the decisions that, you know, you go there, you do this, blah, 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 blah you know?
1: We have an in-game leader and uh, we changed toward the years, but right now it's she's called Christine Putter. Be- why? Because... Um, we need someone to make the last call. It's not always the perfect call. It's not already, always the right call. Sometimes she makes mistakes. But the thing is that when she does the, the a call, everybody listens to it and do it. No matter what happens, no matter if you disagree, no matter if you think, okay, this is bullshit, I don't want to do that. You just do it. And then eventually, because everybody is in unison, because everybody works together towards one point, the thing mm-hmm. that she called, it still works even though if it wasn't the right call. So that's why it's really important for her to to, to be... It's for us to trust her, no matter what. Because because as a team, we can make it work and we'll, we'll figure it out eventually. So, yes, we have a strike caller. During the round, though, she calls at the beginning of the round, if we buy, what do we buy, who's going to do what and stuff, because we have a 10-second free time. And then uh, when... Uh, when it's live, when there's no more first time, and we we do our thing, then it's more like whoever has an opportunity does something, and then the strategy um, evolves from it. So she's not as much the colour in that in that area. But then eventually, if nothing happens, she has she's the one that has. We, we're moving on to this. Oh, let's hit this site, or let's do this, or like. So yeah, we need someone to do that because when you are playing you focus on your own stuff. When you have the leader, she focuses on everything plus her own stuff. And that allows us to excel as individual players and do amazing stuff on our own because of it. So, uh, yes, we have a strike color, And uh, we have, like each one of us have, have uh, specific roles. I think this Christine, she makes me make something happen. So she always sends me in a bump side, and she's like, you're a backup plan." If the strap fails, make something happen, you know? Okay. So I'm kinda there to like scope around, test out the water, see if there's an opportunity for us to just do something random. So that's my job. You have a girl that she was, like supports kinda. She uh she will be there to flush for us, to cover us, to 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 help us out. We have a girl that she just go ahead and frack. So we send her and like go kill two people. And she just, alright, and she goes and and she kills Stu and, you know, and she's like the layback back kind of looking at what's going on, you know, so everyone has a has a job to do in all maps and all games.
0: You practice together an awful lot. So I assume you kind of begin to read each other's minds a little bit. But yep. do you get nervous in tournaments, even having that that repetitive group practice? Yes. And how do
1: you handle really? that? Uh, People screaming at you? It's really hard. <laughs> The thing, the thing that's making me the most nervous is right after I won a, like a one versus one where everybody was dead and I was the only one alive and then I killed two or three or one versus three or something. When it's freeze time because after I won it's freeze time and it goes back to like oh, we have to start over a new round. That's yeah. where I'm like shaking and I'm <laughs> I don't want to do this anymore why am I here? But I just won the round so it's like everybody's like yeah yelling and I'm like I'm like, sh- and I stay in spawn for like five seconds because I'm like too, too shocked by everything. I get nervous, but um, I, the thing is that I, because we practice very well, it feels the same when we're on stage in front of like 10,000 people or where I'm at home in my pajamas. It's the oh. same. It wasn't the same five years ago, but now it's really the same because I learned how to practice just like it was the World Cup every single time. Okay, and that's the key in because sense. nerves can break you down. We call it choke on land. Yeah. <laughs> that's that's a really common thing. Right. In, uh, well, you've been to, to yeah. so
0: many. You would think, hopefully, you know, not that it would get old hat, but you'd be able to to deal with it, knowing that you can come out and feeling <laughs> what the win is like.
1: It's harder.
0: Really? The, more,
1: the more I win, the harder it is. It's like I, I know what I can lose and what's what everything is about and I know how difficult it's gonna be on stage and how the other team can actually turn out to to be amazing and and the more I play the harder it is. It's like I I know what's at stakes and and we might lose, you know. <laughs> well before I had nothing to lose, you know.
0: Yeah, we have a reputation now, right? Okay, let's move on to your game design side. Uh, okay. Tell me about getting the job at Ubisoft and what that was like.
1: Um, It was a big deal because in esports, well, not, not that much anymore since like a year or two. But usually when you play esports, you're not really into other games that much because you focus so much on like Starcraft, 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 you know, mm-hmm. that You're like, oh, here and there, you'll play a game or two because everyone plays it. But in the end, you're mainly one StarCraft player or one Counter-Strike player, you know? And for some reason, I really decided that I wouldn't be that kind of person. And when I got the job, for me, it was really big because I know it was really hard, too, because I know how industry is and how sometimes it can be really easy to to burst out, and sometimes it can be really hard. And the more the gaming is growing, the hardest it will be for people to get into the industry. And um, but for like everyone else in esports, they're like, eh, you work at Ubisoft? What is that? I'm, like, I've never heard of it before. You know, really? You don't know Ubisoft? What the hell? You know? <laughs> and it was it was really like that. And then like one of my friends, he he was a pro Counter Strike player too, and he was like the only company I know is EA, you're not doing NHL, you know, I'm like no, I'm not working on NHL, well, I don't care, you know, I'm like, okay <laughs> so, it was really strange, for me it was amazing, for them, they didn't care so, even the girls, are like, man, eh, that's cool, whatever, you know I'm like, you don't understand it was really hard and, <laughs> and I love it, and it's amazing and, <laughs> and uh, yeah, so, I don't know, for me it was cool it was, uh, I was just going with the flow. I did my interview, got the job, did the best that I can, you know, and.
0: We have a master's in game design, don't you? I think I was, yeah. I was reading your blog earlier.
1: Yeah, yeah, but it, it doesn't really mean anything, to be honest. It's only a paper, but I really enjoy games in general, so that's really what got me the job and my passion and stuff. The paper was kind of, I did the program just to make sure I really wanted that job, kind of. Okay. You know? It was more that than getting the job. Because, because um, so I did Campus Ubisoft in Montreal. And they uh, they offered an interview to everybody graduating. I got the interview, and it was really hard. It was a paper interview. And then after, it was a speed interview, so everybody had 15 minutes to sell themselves. And then after that, it was, so I passed both. and then after that I got the an hour interview in front of like seven producers like AC uh. like Splinter in English <laughs> and they were like That's hard. That's questions. Hard. so so I finished that and I got the internship and then after the internship they're like well it's the recession there's no junior can these other jobs so bye you know and I was like uh, I want to work here. I want to learn. I really want to do this. Get, Give me anything you have. And they were like, well, you can be a tester. I'm like, yes. So I did testing for a year and a half. And uh, that's where it got really hard. Because I had to prove that I could be some, like that I could grow into the, com- the company. And there's like 2,000 people. And you're quote unquote only a tester, even though testing is like so important. Mm-hmm that's where it got hard because I always have to justify my job and you know, it was crazy. And then I, I guess I did a good job at that. And then the game that I was testing on irony as a game designer on the next game. <clears throat> so that's why I say it was, it was kind of hard. Um, I wasn't giving any, any kind of help because I was a girl or because I was, I had a master or because whatever, like, I started from the bottom, really. And I had to work. Yeah, That's probably an
0: advantage to you now that you would think, because you've been a tester, it sounds like you've been a documenter, you have kind of a jack-of-all-trades, level design, all the way up to the overseeing game design. So nice to have those building blocks.
1: I yes. Guess. It's really important to be versatile. If I have an advice to give to anyone that wants to work in the industry, make yourself essential. Mm. Like, Make sure people are going to be like, oh, we need someone to do this. Oh, Steph could do it, you know. Make right. sure you're that are that
0: Oh, Right. Well, man, that's good for any job, really.
1: Yeah, kind of, yeah. <laughs>
0: I know you worked on Prince of Persia and a 3DS game. What other games did you work on and what was your favorite?
1: I really love Prince of Persia because, because we did the game in like six months and a half from zero to a full game. That was like, I think they had 75 on Metacritic. So it's for a game that big that was making six months to have 75 Metacritic. it was really good (laughs) and it was my first experience and I worked like 13 hours a day and I wanted crunch time yeah and I wanted to stay there every single time and I was only going home because people were telling me go home go home but I was really having fun every single minute I loved working on it because I was giving a lot of opportunities to grow as a member of the team because we had deadlines because we had stuff to do because I had 20 things to do at the same time and I loved the fires that I had to extinguish everywhere I really loved it and um, the 3DS game it was really different because the team was a small team it was like 30 people uh, it was a totally different feeling I also mm-hmm. loved it it was different Like it was different budget skilled people working on it different uh, different reality but i still enjoyed it and right now i'm doing conception
0: tell me about that
1: <laughs> i'm doing conception so i'm just uh, working on uh, on uh, everything that will be in the game so i'm basically doing the dream job of anyone that wants to be a game designer <sighs> with kind of a wild card on a bunch of stuff and um it's really crazy, amazing, but uh, it, I'm missing some of the fire. I can't wait to be in production, full speed train. <laughs> we need to go to Europe and we need to to cross the ocean. How do we do this stuff? Right. will build you a bridge? You know, <laughs> I'm, like, I'm like missing that kind of.
0: Okay, you per- you prefer the production rather than the the inspiration side?
1: Hmm. I think I'm not ready yet for the for the big I want to make this game you know kind mm-hmm. of still... there could be a game
0: about dragons
1: <laughs> Yes, yeah. you're the concept person I, I, I'm speechless give me the dragon <laughs> <laughs> oh, I would love to have a real dragon like a pet and like I'll be like hey instead of my cat I'm going on the, on the screen like you it would be my dragon hey That's dragon right. badass
0: <laughs> <laughs> genetic engineering for the win
1: oh yeah it would be awesome and it would be my buddy it had to be like not like a lizard you know lizard they don't really know who you are kind of you give them food no no i want somebody like a dog you know a dragon dog that would know who i am and like be happy when i come home but kind of like charmander or like charizard you know kind of like like okay. a bit a bit independent but still wants you to be oh, i'm 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 going (laughs) on. That's cute.
0: (laughs) All right. So you told me to ask. You wanted someone to ask, and I'm going to ask the question: How do you think communities drive a game forward? And are you actively involved with the community management?
1: God, I think communities are everything. I think what Minecraft is today is because of the damn community. I think all games that are successful is because of mouth-to-mouth and, like, the pipe and the, the drive <laughs> and, like, draw something. is all about community. There's not oh, even like any a, gameplay, okay. you know? It's, like, all about <laughs> communities. And and I think um, because probably because I work in a big company, this ship is, like, Titanic, like, trying to move the ship. Not to hit the iceberg and to go into communities, and you know, it's like, we <laughs> <laughs> you know, Steph, we're coming. <laughs> you know, it's kind of like that, and um, yeah. So I, th- I think it's it, it's so important, and I think what made CS successful, yes, gameplay, blah blah, but communities, CS communities grew stronger together. Like, Reddit is all about communities. Uh, it's kind of letting them rule, letting them show what the world is about. And I, I guess I have a lot of ideas how to make the communities bigger, but I have to make a talk about it. <laughs> it's like, I don't know. I really enjoy thinking that there is hope for gaming regarding that, and there's not only Halo and Call of Duty type type communities that that's what we think when we think about communities but for for me it's so different it's positive people working together towards a goal towards making something better kind of idealistic maybe but um but yeah i I hope one day i have the power to make something happen within the company i work for Mm mm-hmm
0: I think they're out there. I think it's just getting the word out. I mean, you've seen with SOPA and PIPA and all the rest of that, people get up in arms about things that move them and make them passionate. I think they just need to be informed about it. So I'm sure you'll find a way to let everyone know about your...
1: (laughs) (laughs) I hope so. I'm trying really hard.
0: I love that you play on the PC and the consoles cuz I've I'm pretty diehard PC. I have now a console so I'm getting into that a little bit. But it's always difficult when people when game designers port things from the console to the PC or vice versa. And I think it's probably an asset to have a game designer who actually plays on both. Do you find that's common that a lot of game designers do or do they have like a preferred platform and that's where it is?
1: You know what? I'm gonna be shocking right now. I feel that it's not common that people in this, in these, in the industry actually play games. So oh. yes, I feel, I feel really different playing both consoles and everything that comes out for sure. Um, I think it's a reality, and it would, it wouldn't be as good if everyone was playing every single game. Like that's not what we need. That's why I'm here. That's why I'm, I'm a game designer, and that's why my job is to play everything. You know. Um, it's really not common, and I started playing console hardcore again only like in 8 It's been only like four to five years that I've been like, okay, I need to play console games hardcore mm-hmm. because if if they tell me to do Far Cry 2 PC, like I'm your girl, but if they tell me to do Far Cry 2 console, I'm like, uh, <laughs> you know, I don't know. Mm-hmm. So it was for me a challenge, and I wanted to be like, I don't want to be. This person that doesn't know anything about this type of game. So I I played everything. My only, I think one of my only issues is towards Minecraft. I've never played it ever. And I think that's my only flaw.
0: <laughs> regarding. I, I heard it's game. coming out for the console, so maybe you want to try it yeah, there. I
1: know, but my friend is like, it's only the 1.6 version, blah, blah, blah. And we're already <laughs> at the 2.4. It's so much better. I'm like, oh god. <laughs> How you many know? bits
0: are you really going to get? I
1: mean, it's Minecraft, either way. <laughs> I know. So I need to play the PC version.
0: All right. Well, we are getting close to closing. Is there anything that you wanted to say before we wrap up here?
1: Uh, no, thank you for having me. Oh, it was re- really fun. It's cool that uh, you're doing this. So is it every day, every week? How does it work?
0: Yeah, every week. Uh, episodes come out on Tuesday uh, okay. on iTunes and on my site, Genesee.com. And I'm just now getting into the streaming thing. So I will probably stream them uh, once a week on random nights when I interview with people. So yay, subscribe to my channel.
1: <laughs> Chat <room>. I will <laughs> <laughs> Awesome Okay, a
0: big thank you to Stephanie Harvey, and you can find her on Twitter at Miss Harvey, or you you can read her blog, which I did too, which is www.skgaming.com slash blog slash MissHarvey, and I will link that on my page. If you would like to leave some feedback and keep up with the news, you can find me on Twitter at Gray Area Podcast at Facebook slash Gray Area Podcast or on iTunes. If you have any gray areas in your relationship or just need a new perspective, email your questions, advice, or suggestions to Genesee Gray at yahoo.com. Thanks for listening and I'll see you next week with a new episode. Yay.
1: Yay. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you, <Bye>. <laughs>